Technology has done wonderful things for us in many of our lives and careers, and it also has provided new challenges and isolated some of us in our work. Today, how do you use technology to build and strengthen relationships with my friend Tim Stringer? This is Coaching for Leaders, episode 183. Produced by Innovate Learning, maximizing human potential. Greetings to you from Orange County, California. This is Coaching for Leaders, and I'm your host, Dave Stahoviak. This is a weekly show to help leaders improve their communication, strategy, coaching, productivity, and personal mastery. And I'm so glad that you are back with or maybe tuning in for the first time because today, a topic that all of us, I'm, I'm going to say all of us on this one, have struggled with who are working these days and living these days, which is how to use technology to build and strengthen relationships. Because uh, technology has created some wonderful opportunities for all of us. It has also created some new challenges. And I, I am really thrilled to have uh, someone with today who, uh, in addition to being uh, very technically gifted and, and a great thinker on this, uh, also is a dear friend of mine, and that is Tim Stringer. And Tim's uh, this is Tim's second appearance on Coaching for Leaders. Uh, Tim was first on the show back in episode 151, where he talked about the holistic productivity model that he's created. He's also the founder of Technically Simple and of LearnOmniFocus.com, uh, which you've heard me mention before on the show. If you're an OmniFocus user, uh, the task management system Tim and I both use, it's a, it's a great resource for you. Uh, but Tim and I are here today to tackle how to use technology to build and strengthen relationships because while technology offers a lot of challenges to us, it also has opened up so many wonderful doors for us. So Tim, uh, welcome back to Coaching for Leaders. I'm glad to have you. Well, thanks very much, Dave. And it's really good to be back on Coaching for Leaders. Well, Tim, uh, glad to have you back. And you know, uh, this is... Um, this is such a fun episode to do because both of you and I think about technology a lot and we think about the things that gets that gets in our way. And, and I knew you've built a business around this of helping people to simplify how they use technology to work for them and not against them. And um, and one of the, the other reasons I'm excited about this episode is because um, this we're do, I'm doing something new on this episode I've never done before and don't plan to do again in the future, at least in the short term, but it's uh, actually we're recording this by video as well. Um, so there will be a link afterwards on the show. Tim and I are doing a video conference where you can watch the episode if you'd like. And uh, that's not a new trend, by the way. This is not a podcast that's going to go video. <laughs> um, it's going to stay an audio podcast. But we thought today it might be fun to demonstrate some of the technology and how good it's become. Because this is the way Tim and I talk all the time, is we get on video conference together and we'll talk about the solution we're using later. Um, so just know that's available. And so uh, so. Tim, I think maybe we should start off by looking back a little bit before we look forward, because the world's really changed in the last generation. I mean, the last 30, 40 years, people work so differently than they did before. I mean, you know, we're in a lot of ways, we're doing some of the similar kinds of work, but the way we work has really changed because of technology, hasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And I thought it might be fun to go back to 19, 1975. And if you've watched... Uh, Shows like um, Mad Men. Well, Mad Men takes place in the 60s, but it gives a good taste of yeah. uh, what the generation looked like before that. Uh, if you watch shows like Life on Mars, it, it gives a 
it really, when I watch these shows, it takes me back to the way life was back in those days. And I was not very old in 1975. I was living in uh, Montreal, but I still have clear memories of the state of technology, uh, which basically consisted of our black and white television that uh, I think we got a color one around that time, but the color wasn't very good. Uh, we had a phone, but we shared the phone line with other people in the neighborhood. So we had what's called a party line. Oh, interesting. It cost, uh, yeah. <laughs> cost a lot of money to uh, to call, um, call long distance. I can remember calling family in England and we'd get our one minute to Christmas kind of thing because it was so expensive to make long distance calls. And things like email and even VCRs and voicemail and things like that. Uh, those were terms that didn't even exist in those days. So that's uh, that's just in in my lifetime, and it's not not that long ago. And uh, no, I feel it, very it grateful to have been born at that time because I've been able to witness how, how things have unfolded over the the last forty years, and, and just been fascinating to 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 witness the progress. Oh, me too. And I'm I'm a little bit younger than you, but not much. And the I I, I just think of how much the world's changed. I mean, it used to be that your world was the building you worked in. Maybe your organization, you got to see other people if they worked in other places once a year and your neighborhood. And it is still that. And it also has opened up so many different doors. And one of the things that, you know, both of us had talked about before we started our conversation here today was that, you know, you really kind of had to think things through (laughs) before you sent a message. Like if you wrote a memo, you had to really, for better or worse, you had to really think through what you were going to say and send. And 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 yeah, it took more time and it wasn't as efficient. But also in some ways, um, communication was more, was more clear and it was in, there wasn't quite as much of it. And so the messages tended to get across a little clearer than I think sometimes they do today. And it was funny, I didn't mention this to you, Tim, but I saw an article recently on... Um, it was it was an article about how we sent people to the moon without email, <laughs> and and it was really fascinating just on how did we do that? And it was this point was part of it of that well we had to be a little bit more intentional about the time we had to communicate and our writing because we didn't have as op- as as ease to the communication as we do now, and so as a result things were a lot more structured than they are today. Mm-hmm, absolutely, and I, I think in general. As a general statement, we probably spent a lot more time together in person in those days, just because there wasn't the the option to communicate in other ways. Uh, and if we weren't in person, we were maybe talking on the phone or something like that. So there was an actual conversation taking place uh, versus what tends to happen today is kind of text flying back and forth across the internet and yeah. possibly getting misinterpreted as well. And I know you've done some thinking on... And you, you were thinking earlier today on this, the difference and the distinction between technology being a vehicle versus a destination. Could you say something about that? Yeah, so that's a deep thought that came up in my meditation this morning uh, that um, I find sometimes there's a lot of focus put on the technology itself, um, whether it's a piece of hardware or an app or something like that. Um, versus seeing it as something that can take us somewhere maybe we've never been before. Mm. Like in 1975, I wouldn't be able to be video conferencing with you. I'm in Vancouver. You're down in California. That just that that vehicle didn't exist in those days. And if we go back far enough, you know, if you wanted to cross the ocean, you didn't have a plane to fly on. So it's so I think treating technology as just another vehicle that can allow us to communicate and to expand our horizons and to 
uh, maybe engage creativity creatively uh, in ways we haven't been able to in the past um, is maybe a more uh, productive way to look at it versus, you know, focus on the technology and I need this new app and without really thinking about what, what do I even need it for? <laughs> mm, I, I, I relate to that. I, I'm, I'm sure you see this a lot, especially in your work with OmniFocus and teaching people how to use it, Tim, because I know in some ways that's kind of the beginning point, but really the real work you do with people is not on the app OmniFocus. It's thinking through how to be more productive and to be more strategic in their planning and how they approach days and how they uh, think about their productivity. And, um, and, and, and I see this with clients too, where we get so caught up in the, okay, what's the app I need and what's the right system and all that. And, and really that's, that's really less important than where are you going? Where's the technology taking you and what's the result that you're creating with it? Yeah, exactly. And I do a lot of, um, OmniFocus consulting and I have for years. And when I'm working with someone for the first time, usually they say, okay, I'll turn on my screen sharing and I'll show you my OmniFocus setup. And, and that's where I always need to hit the, the pause button and say, oh, no, let's, uh, let's look at that a little bit later. For now, I want to know, you know, what, what are you up to in your life? You know, what, uh, what brings you happiness and satisfaction? Where are you going with your career and things? So have yeah. a conversation beyond the technology and then, uh, that that creates kind of a destination, and then the technology becomes a vehicle to get there. Otherwise, it's kind of like getting into the vehicle without any destination in mind, and you might just spin around the block, and it might be fun for a little while, but you'll maybe soon discover you don't go anywhere. So, it's- yeah, yeah. Well, and and this is uh, this is a good transition point because I, I I know both of us want to give people a lot of good tools and resources on what can you do to use technology well. And the genesis of this conversation is both Tim and I do do a lot of do a lot of work virtually. Tim, I know you work out of home a lot of the time. I work out of home almost exclusively, and both of us uh, work with teams of other people. And Tim, you run your your business and run a small business, and you have other people you're working with, and and yet you're working virtually a lot. Uh, I'm part of the Dale Carnegie team, and yet our entire team, even in the local area, is virtual. So we're on video conference and email and phone calls a lot. And both of us kind of had this thought about the same time when we were talking about putting together this episode that it's very easy to get very isolated. And I know we have people in our listening community that um, in some cases are very senior level people in organizations, even in Fortune 500 companies who work out of their home and, and work virtually or work in an environment where they may be even in the office, but their team is all around the world or all around the state. And it's, it is becoming a bigger challenge for us to think through, okay, how do, I, how do I be real intentional about how I use technology to, like you said, if, you know, what's the end result? What do I want to do to connect with people? And so um, I, I think both of us have some ideas here. Well, I know we have some ideas that we can share with people and just how we approach this, how we stay pretty connected and we still stay connected kind of the human, I would say the human parts of us to really keep us motivated because it's such an important thing. Uh, whether you're an extrovert or an introvert is to stay connected to people and to dialogue and have good communication and, and technology can, can do some great things for us on that. Yeah. And I, I think just to, just to elaborate on that a little more, the kind of the wall that technology can create is the engagement at the personal level. And we were talking the other day about if you're working in an office space with other people, you're going to have those chats on the way to meetings and you all hang out and have lunch together. And and those human relationships that form from that, I think, are part of what 
ultimately allows the company to succeed because it's people who have developed maybe a friendship at some level with people they work with. They look forward to seeing them and and um, that's maybe what motivates them and creates this this feeling of of collaboration, the sort of team environment. And and it's it is more difficult to do that uh, through technology. And I think the other point to emphasize is there's time to turn off the technology and go back to the the way things were done in the 1970s and actually get together with people in person. I think you were mentioning you you have regular meetings as well, where you do actually have contact with the people that you work with. And, yeah. Um, yeah, so it's it's not an either or. I think it's a blending of the the old and the new that ultimately uh, yields the most powerful results. Well, and that's a perfect transition to talking about one of the recommendations I think both of us have for people who are in a more isolated environment, whether it's an office or working out of home or working virtually, is to be intentional about spending time in person with people. So, um, you know, that certainly is the true for family and friends, but also in the professional world too. Um, you know, I, I, I mean, this may sound odd, you know, if someone was listening to this 10 years ago, but today that that is a real challenge. And um, the way we do it at Dale Carnegie, Tim, is that um, we've been virtual now for three years. Uh, and, um, you know, the reason we did is because no one was ever at the office. <laughs> you know, we're either out with clients or we're working on client projects. And, um, you know, Southern California is pretty traffic intensive. We A lot of us were spending time on the roads. We would never be at the office. And finally, our uh, the president of our office said, well, this is kind of silly. <laughs> we're paying for all this rent for this beautiful office facility and we're not using it. And we all went virtual because we were essentially doing that anyway. Um, but when we did that, we set a very intentional schedule and we said, you know what, we're going to meet at the at a minimum once a month. And and in fact, early on, it was even twice a month because we, we wanted to do a good transition process. And we said, we're going to get together at least twice a month. And today it's once a month, um, but it's for half a day. And we have a lunch meeting and then we have an, uh, in the uh, middle of the day uh, and then we have an afternoon kind of like a staff meeting. And, and you know what? Uh, it's, it's great. I really look forward to those meetings now because at lunchtime, we don't even, no one ever talks business. I mean, we just sit and we reconnect with each other. We kind of have the conversations that we would have had running into each other in the hallway, you know, five years ago. And, um, and it, and it works out really well and we stay connected with each other. And I've found that that's been really, really helpful to keep that connection going. And our, our, uh, you know, I think our president was brilliant at being able to set that expectation up front to say, yes, this human connection is so important and we're going to invest half a day a month to make sure that we all get together and we do that. And I think it's been huge for the success of our business, which has done great over the last several years um, since we, since we've done that. And and you 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 do something similar to that, Tim. Not the same, but but you you're intentional about this as well. Yeah, it's somewhat similar. Uh, I found working from a home office could be quite isolating sometimes. And and I was listening to another podcast called Homework, where they specifically dedicated to people that work from their homes. Mm. And um, they talked about something called a co-working space, which I'd never even heard of. This was a few years ago now. And uh, I looked to see what was around Vancouver, and I found a place called The Hive, which is in the, the gas town, uh, the historic part of Vancouver, downtown Vancouver. And it's uh, there's basically entire companies that work out of there, generally small companies. There's solopreneurs like myself. And you can either go and work in sort of a coffee shop sort of atmosphere where you just go and get a hot desk. And I've since moved to a permanent desk, so I've actually got my community of people around me who are 
Um, most of them are doing pretty much completely different things than me, but I, I have the experience of going into an office and telling them what I'm up to and getting to know them. And, uh, and without maybe we don't really have the option to shop talk, which is kind of nice because, because mm-hmm. <laughs> we're in different companies. So yeah, it's uh, yeah. in the sense, almost the best of both worlds. And that I, I do that about two days a week now and work, work from home about three days a week. And that's, that's turned out to be a really nice balance and is really, uh, raised my motivation levels and uh, made me just generally feel more connected. Cool. uh, And I know you've mentioned before when we've talked that, uh, that you've even bounced ideas off people and then you and the cover, even though you're all doing different work that just having that human connection or having someone else to bounce an idea off has been really helpful to you. Yeah. And even having people to bounce ideas off that know nothing about what I'm up to can look at it with fresh eyes and, and that in itself can be, can be a real gift to, to get their, their feedback. Yeah. Cool, cool. Well, and and this is um you know, this is not the only thing we do. Uh there's there's other ways to stay connected too even between those times and both you and I are big believers in picking up the phone or even turning on the video and having that video connection with people and um and we we both uh, we're recording this now as we've mentioned on a product called Zoom or a service I guess called Zoom. And we'll mention more about that in a moment. But I think one of the things, Tim, that I I have found is that the dynamic of the conversation and the relationship really changes when you get on a video conference with someone. And even two or three years ago, this was really kind of still shaky technology. It was it was it was um, you know it was very what's the word low quality technology. Um, it, the, the bugs are still being worked out. And that has really changed in the last couple of years. I mean, now you can get fantastic access to quality connections by video conference. And I've I've been on video conferences with people um, in Canada, New York, Indiana, just in the last 24 hours. And it, you really do feel like you're, you don't feel like you're there with the person, but it's, t- it's a completely different level of intimacy in a professional way, um, when you can see someone, you can see their facial expressions than it is if you're just on a phone conference. Yeah. As someone in my course uh, mentioned at one point, it's in a sense more intimate in that you're getting invited into someone's home or their office or something. So you're actually seeing them in their, their natural habitat, so to speak. And, uh, versus if you're together in person, you maybe don't know, you know, what, what their normal environment looks like when they're not, right. you know, at that conference or whatever. So, so there's certainly, uh, certainly advantages. And um, I, f- I found uh, there's a tendency for a lot of communication to take place over email and text messages and things like that, that limit the, the ability to communicate. And I think anything that's expressed in text can be misconstrued. Maybe someone was being sarcastic, but the mm. other person thought they were being mean or it was meant to be a joke, but it showed up as an insult. And then it's not really a conversation. It's kind of reporting back and forth and sending messages back and forth. And sometimes that's a really practical way to work. You can respond at your leisure. And if you're in different time zones, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, but as you were saying, there's definitely uh, maybe missed opportunities to have a conversation with someone by phone or yeah. or by video. And phone adds that you can hear the like the timbre of someone's voice and and you get much more information when you're on video. You're also getting the body language and uh, and just getting those other other layers of communication that they get lost uh, otherwise. Yeah, and I, I hope people who are interested in doing a little bit of this will check out the link for the video and see us 
chatting with each other and just how the dynamic emerges with this conversation. And uh, and I'm thinking, like, as I'm saying that, Tim, you and I have never met in person. <laughs> I mean, we yeah, have, that's, that's kind of uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, I consider you to be a good friend. And all of our conversations have been by video conference, it's, you know, um, for the most part, and a few emails here and there. Um, and so I think that it's really interesting how um, I think one of the things we would both really encourage people to try is to be intentional about making a a richer connection. And so what I mean by that is if you always talk by people talk with people by email, um, one of the things I would challenge you to do is take a step up. So pick up the phone. Uh, be intentional about picking up the phone a couple of times a day. And rather than just sending the email, have a conversation with someone. Uh, if you always talk on the phone, one of the challenges I'd have is take a step up and try something like Zoom. And you know, almost every modern computer has a webcam in it these days. And just see what the experience is like and try it out with a friend at first and or a family member and just kind of get comfortable with it and then try making some invitations to people. And, um, you know, Tim, I've, I've, I've been amazed at how many people are, are ready and willing to do video conference in some cases, even send me requests for it. And, um, and it's, it's really accessible now. In fact, you, I know you've partnered with the zoom people uh, before Tim and have, have, have um, been a real champion for this service. And that's one of the reasons I found out about it. And I love Zoom and people can get access to Zoom for free, right? Yeah, that's right. I, th I think the offering is a, um, you can have up to 25 people video conferenced on the free account and you're limited to a 40 minute uh, meeting, which is almost a feature in some ways, because <laughs> I like the <laughs> idea of keeping meetings as short as possible. Exactly. Um, but um, I did an in-depth evaluation of um, what's out there and because I really, I lead online courses as well. And I wanted uh, not only to be able to do one-on-one -on -one video conferencing, but to be able to have a group where everybody can see each other without the distractions of the audio breaking up every 30 seconds, which tends to put the focus on the technology, which is not where I want to put it. I want it to be as transparent as possible. Um, so I tried quite a few different solutions and Zoom seems to be the one that's really nailed it for now. They've, uh, I've actually got an account that lets me have up to 100 people video conference simultaneously, which uh, I'll be trying it out this Saturday. I'm doing a webinar and I think I'll have upwards of 100 people there. So Cool. I'll be on it. Yeah. Back to the way things were, as you were saying, even a few years ago, um, things, the quality wasn't as good and you were probably, anytime you wanted more than a, you know, a couple of people or even three or four people on a call, you were kind of out of luck. Things would just kind of, kind of, uh, fall apart at that point. So it's, uh, really opened up a lot of doors just as this video conference technology evolves. And I think it's, there's even, uh, I still imagine the, the day when there's a bunch of holograms kind of sitting around and chatting as if they were in the same room. So there's still some room to grow, but I think it's, yeah. it's come a long way already, which is really exciting to see. Yeah, well, uh, so I, I, would, I would recommend this as a call to action for people. We're going to put a link to in the show notes for to grab a free Zoom account. Uh, Tim has a, a, an affiliate relationship with them. So if you want to try it out for free, I'd really encourage you to check it out. Uh, we, we've actually, we've used all the audio products <laughs> or the, all the... Uh, of, I don't know what the video conferencing products, Tim, with Dale Carnegie. And um, we've had issues with others, but I'll tell you, we've all gotten on the Zoom now and we love it. I, I just, it's so easy to use. And so if you've used others and you've had a tough time, especially if it's been a couple of years, I would really encourage you to try that out and then be intentional about making invitations to connect with people and have that video conference. Um, I've talked with leaders before, Tim, and in fact, we've had a guest on the show in the past who said, you know, in their organization, it's a rule. If there's a meeting, they don't do teleconference that you have to be on video 
because people they want people engaged. They it, you know you're not gonna be sitting there checking email or or doing other things on an audio conference if you're on if you're on video. And so that's just part of their expectation in their organization. And I think that's something that is an opportunity for a lot of organizations to try. And so I'd really I challenge you to do that. But even if you don't do that, is to be willing to have do some introductions and to have some conversations with people. And um, you know, sometimes over email or just a phone call, it's it's easy to it's so easy to respond to people and just say okay thanks or whatever and just kind of the conversation to die and if it's someone you're going to you want to have an ongoing relationship with i think there's a lot of value to spending 15 minutes and just do a quick get to know you video conference or call and i've started to do more of that tim even with the guests on the show and i found that to be really helpful in building relationships yeah absolutely and just today i was uh, talking with someone in london over a video conference who's written a book on productivity and we just had a a great chat we talked for about 45 minutes and uh and yeah, it's somebody I feel I definitely want to get to know better and that I would kind of go up for a pint with if I were in, in London. And, and it, it feels really good to, to have people in my network and certainly yourself as well and uh, people who are motivated by some of the same things I am and interested yeah. in what I'm up to and vice versa. And that I think is a great, uh, great motivator. And that's one of the things I hear a lot from people is, you know, I have trouble getting motivated and I think often what is missing is those those conversations, that community. And if you're in a, especially in a quite a specialized area, maybe that community doesn't exist in the, the town or the city that you live in. But uh, I can pretty much guarantee there's people in the world somewhere that uh, have the same interests and passions and and being able to connect um, on a, whether it's one-on-one or in a group video conference is, yeah, just such a, such yeah. a marvel and, uh, and such a gift. Well, when this is something we should mention too, is you and I are both in a mastermind together, which is how we've gotten to know each other really well over the last year. And the mastermind meets once a week. And we all, that was a goal of mine last year to get involved with a mastermind group. And we all meet by video every Monday evening and talk. And there's five of us that are part of the group. And we're all doing different kinds of things in the business world and, and online. And so um, we're helping each other to learn. And and that is huge. I mean, that's huge for relationship building. It's huge for getting ideas. It's huge for bouncing ideas off of others, for me at least. And and I and it's also really it's pushed me, Tim, to be more willing to do that in lots of other venues too. And I think that it you don't have to necessarily start a mastermind or go out and be part of a mastermind. There's a lot of ways to get the benefits of that. Um, you could start a virtual book club. You could just set up a, a conversation with a couple of friends in the workplace. Um, I think one of the things any almost anyone can do is is to attend a class where there is a video conferencing component to it. And and Tim, you bring this into every course that you do online with holistic productivity, don't you? Yeah, I started to uh, lead a course I call holistic productivity. Uh, it was last March, so coming on the first anniversary of that. And I've got uh, ten people in each course. I call it a productivity pod, and everyone's video conference together. Uh, and sometimes these people are all over the world, like one of the pods that I'm running currently. I've got two people in Germany, two in Spain, one in Ukraine, four in the States, and one in Canada. And these are people who never, most likely never would have met. They they come from different professions, different cultures. And, and it's it's really quite magical to witness the the uh, the gr- group energy that forms between between these people who are 
thousands of miles apart. And uh, the nice thing about doing it through video conferencing is instead of just flying everyone to Vancouver for a one-day course, we can actually spread the course out over over four months, um, go through some learning. People share their experiences, their knowledge. Um, people work with a partner from the course through a 90-day process, and some of the partners really get to know each other well. And even if they're in different parts of the world, and uh, they continue to keep in touch once the course is done. So it's it's in a in a sense. Um, easier than doing an online course. There's no space to book. Uh, we, we can we can spread it out, which has been very advantageous because people actually get to integrate this. They're not just throwing a, a whole bunch of information all in one day. They can get it in bite-sized chunks and then practice yeah. it uh, in between the sessions. And And I've just met some absolutely amazing people through this and uh, and just love to love to lead these courses. Well, and it's, it's, uh, you're, I think you're hitting on something that's really big. I mean, if you look at, we look at the industry trends of the more, what's called in the industry asynchronous learning, which is, you know, someone's recorded something or it's a webinar or it's an audio you pull up and you watch someone reading slides. Um, that, that utilization of that is, is starting to be a little bit less. And what's happening more is we're starting to see more of the live online instructor led, you know, video conferencing. And, and, you know, at Dale Carnegie, we've made a, this is not, this is all public information. We've made a huge investment in building a, a a course system that's not, you know, the traditional passive, you know, mediocre to poor like webinar system. Um, you know, you can take Dale Carnegie courses now that are all with video conferencing, and it is very dynamic and very interactive. And getting people in the groups, and you can do virtual groups all through video conference. It's amazing. <laughs> um, and in fact, we have corporate customers that are now that are utilizing that almost exclusively for training. And so I think that there's a lot out there now. This was not the case two to three years ago, but there's a lot out there now. I mean, just in the work you and I both do, there's courses people can attend and get involved with where you can build relationships across the world with people and build friendships. And um, every time I've been involved with either a mastermind or a course or anything where there's been video involved, Always, uh, we've friendships have emerged, business opportunities have emerged. Um, I'm just, I'm just really, I'm amazed, and I'm not amazed anymore now because it's happened so much of how powerful that that really can be. Yeah, absolutely, and uh, and uh, as I say, that I think there's still still room to grow, but and it's it's finally reached the point where I think it's it's very practical to use. Uh, uh, I think a lot of the technical hurdles have been overcome in terms of it being sort of an experimental. Uh, way of communicating to something yeah. very real. So that's uh, yeah. that's the big, I think one of the big shifts over the last few years that maybe hasn't gotten a lot of attention. Well, and I, you know, we shouldn't, uh, we shouldn't leave a conversation about how to connect online and how to leverage technology without saying something about social media. And social media both does amazing things and also gets a really bad rap for a good reason uh, that, you know, it's, it's distracting. It's not really real. Um, and, and all of those things are true. And so, I'm just kind of curious, Tim. Like, what do you? How do you approach your relationships online? Because I know you're really intentional about this. I mean, you you think about this more than probably anyone I know, as far as how you think about how you're going to interact and connect with people online. And I'm just I'm just curious, like, what what path do you use for yourself, or what what are what's your framework for how you approach that and really connect with people in a genuine way? Um, well, in terms of social media, I'd have to say that Twitter is the the, the tool that uh, I use the most. And 
And uh, I don't follow a lot of people. Um, I, I'm intentional about following a small group of people. Uh, and you've mentioned the same that you're, you're very much in that, yep. that uh, camp as well. Um, uh, and I really get some, some of these people maybe I've met, some of them maybe I've never met, but it's, it's a nice little snapshot into their life and what they're doing. And uh, at some point I might reach out to them and, and make an introduction, but not so much to, you know, I want to be, retweeted on your network or something more coming from the place of you know i've got something to offer you and i appreciate what you're doing and and making it a a relationship that, that works both ways for them um and i i have connected with with people through that or it's it's maybe a way of just uh, for people i'm not talking with regularly at least i have that that snapshot into um you know what's happening in their lives which i which i appreciate and, yeah, you and you and I think about this similarly of more of the quality of the connection versus the quantity or the numbers or followers or anything like that. And uh, I'm in the same boat as you, especially with Twitter, that I I, I don't follow very many people. And and, and as for one, I can't keep up with it. But secondly, <laughs> I I want the people I follow to know that I really do pay attention. I mean, if someone of the I don't know, I follow like 80 people. If if they if they say something, I generally see it. Um, and I want to have good quality connections with those people. Um, and you know, I, I really think through that online. And then the other thing that I really try to do, and I, I do this a lot and people who've reached out to me in the coaching for leaders community know this. Um, I'm, I'm not always hundred percent consistent on this, depending on how much is in my inbox at the moment. But, uh, when someone reaches out and says, Oh, you know, thanks for the show or, or sends a comment or something, it's very easy. And in fact, I used to do this right, right back. And I'm like, Oh, thanks so much. That's really nice. What I've, what I've learned to do and where I've had to teach myself, and I tend to be more introverted, so I've had to teach myself this in real life too, um, which is to ask the second question, is to say, okay, uh, I say, wow, thanks so much. How did you hear about the show? Or what was helpful to you? Or, you know, where, where are you at in the world? Or, you know, what, what was inspiring about, you know, I, it's to start a conversation. And I love having conversations with people. And it's amazing to me in both professional and personal situations, if we're willing to ask the next question and to say on an email or a tweet or a LinkedIn connection, or something like that, so few people do that, that when you start having the conversation, you really engage with someone. I've done that where we've had a couple of sentences go, and then it'll get like three pages back from someone like, wow, you know, you really responded. Um, and, and and I'm sure I haven't done that well in, in cases, and uh, I'm sure there's people, someone out there hitting their head on the steering wheel right now going, you didn't write me back. Um, <laughs> but but that's something that I really try to think through and, and to the extent that I can of, of how can I how can I go beyond just the superficial connection with someone? Yeah, I think there in general with technology, there's sometimes an emphasis on qual on uh, quantity. So like how many followers can I get on Twitter and how many people can get, can I get on my email list and so forth. Uh, but what's missing is that sort of the, the quality engagements that you're just talking about. And that's yeah. maybe the missed opportunity in all of this is to realize that, that all of those Twitter followers you have are people with lives that are up to things. And some of them, you know, you might really benefit from hearing their story and meeting them and connecting with them somehow. So it's yeah. treating it more as a community, I think, in the maybe the old-fashioned sense of community versus the the sort of modern word community, which is maybe a little loosely defined, just like we use the term friends on Facebook and maybe you haven't even met some of the people on your list. And yeah. So coming back to, I think, some of those core values and things that really worked back in the day and bringing them forward to 2015. 
I love it. I love it. Well, I, you know, I didn't, um, I didn't tell you I was going to ask you this question, but uh, I, one of the things I'm just curious about, Tim, is you know, you are a lover of technology. You've been in the midst of it your entire career. You, uh, you've, you're an engineer by training. You've been involved in software for many, many years. Um, what are you most excited about today? What is it that really has you excited about the, the, the possibility, either that currently is here or maybe something that's on the horizon that technology can really do for people as far as not just for its own sake, but to really get to that, that destination like you talked about? Um, well, I'm definitely, um, I'm a yoga teacher and, uh, practice martial arts for years. So health and fitness are a big part of my, my life. And I'm really intrigued by the possibilities for technology to improve our, our, our health and wellness and make us more conscious and help to develop habits and so forth. So I'm in the short term, I'm definitely really curious about the Apple watch and being a a fan of uh, pretty much everything Apple. So I'm really curious to to see what will be the the impact of that. How will it benefit people? Will it prove to be another distraction? Will it actually have some tangible benefits? And my guess is like any tool, it depends on how you use it. It mm. could really go either way. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, just in general, I think the more technology fades into the background, the more attractive it becomes. So to the point where people almost don't notice the technology. So, uh, so I'm really curious to see what will emerge out of that in terms of, um, the ways we interact with technology where we're not, I think the iPad was a good example of that as well, because suddenly there wasn't a keyboard and you didn't have wires going all over the place. And it was something you could carry around with you, like you'd carry a, a notebook or something like that. And 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 uh, that seems to be the trend is getting the technology out of the way so we can really engage, express ourselves creatively, creatively and to, engaged in, in uh, getting, getting to know people and building relationships and so forth. And that's, that's, that's my dream that it's going to make the better world a better place uh, yeah, yeah. through that vehicle and not to focus so much on the destination. Cool. Cool. I love it. And uh, yeah, I feel the same way. And uh, I, I am just, I'm still in awe, Tim. I'm, I'm in awe that you and I, I mean, we're, you know, a thousand miles away from each other it can be, you know, the audio quality that's good for be talking to each other on, you know, an HD video connection and and relatively inexpensive and that people who are are listening to our voices now all over the world i mean it's really i'm i'm just really amazed by that and for me it's a it's i have to remind it i love being amazed but also to stop and to um don't just get excited about the technology like you said but to really um utilize the technology to make that true human connection beyond that and so i think my my parting thoughts for our, our list, our listeners and the folks who will um, hear our conversation or see it in this case is to do something that would uh, advance the human connection you make, whether it's using something like zoom or whether it's getting a part of a mastermind group or, or whether it's attending a class, but doing something that would get you connected with people. And then to have that be the starting point to really build relationships. And if you can do that, that that is going to um, do some great things for your career and also just for your mental well-being and enjoying the work that you do. Nice. Another one to mention is meetup.com. I know that's very active here in Vancouver as it is in many cities. And that's where technology could be a bridge to actually connecting in person too. Which, uh, so see what's going on in your town or your city and uh, actually get together with people and, and, um, uh, and just enjoy that human connection beyond the yeah. technology. But the technology is maybe what facilitated that connection. It's the sort of the beginning, not the end. 
Tim, for people who want to take our charge to action and uh, and are thinking about getting involved with the course, I've recommended your courses a few times on the, the email newsletter and in the show. Uh, but would you say a little bit about how folks can learn more about that if they'd uh, like to tap into that and are thinking about how to become more productive? Yeah, sure. So in terms of the uh, the course, uh, you can go to my website, technicallysimple.com, and you'll find a link right on the home uh, homepage that takes you to the course information. Uh, right now, the course is specifically for Mac and iOS because I wanted to uh, keep the technology focused. If I'd made it too broad, I think we would have spent a lot of time talking about many different technologies, not really gotten into detail on any of them. So I've got Mac and iOS for now. I might do one for Windows or Android down the road. I'm still still getting quite a few requests for that one. Um, yeah, but the, the course page has uh, information on uh, the format of the course. There's a recording of a webinar you can watch just to get a, uh, a taste of what it actually looks like um, in practice. And certainly feel free to uh, to drop me a line if you have any questions. Well, Tim, I really appreciate it. Um, I know I've mentioned to you before, the, uh, and I think I mentioned this on the front end of the show, uh, Tim went over the holistic productivity model back in episode 151 of, of the show. Uh, bon- it was one of Bonnie's favorite shows that we've done, uh, Tim, and she just loved your perspective on this. So if you're really wanting to think about how to be more productive this year and look at it from the holistic perspective that Tim brings, I'd really, um, I'd really advise that as a starting point. And then, uh, and if you're looking for an opportunity to really get better at this, uh, check out what Tim's doing. I'm, and you've been a great, uh, mentor, uh, to both me and Bonnie, Tim, and, uh, have, have coached both of us on our, our productivity. And I really appreciate that so much. So, uh, thanks for all you do. And, uh, and thanks for spending time with us, uh, as part of the community here. I'm, uh, I'm really thrilled to have you back. Yeah. And it's been a pleasure and, and really appreciate our friendship and, uh, uh, the ways we've supported each other over the, in the past I'm not, not sure how long it's been now. It's been not even a year yet. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm grateful for it, brother. Thanks, and uh, I'll catch you real soon. Okay, thanks, Dave. Take care. Bye for now. Big thanks to Tim again for sharing his wisdom with us and for partnering with me on this episode. I so appreciate it, Tim. And as we mentioned, the video link will be online. Also, the link will be in the weekly leadership guide. So watch for that. And if you have comments or questions about what we talked about in this show, or maybe you have other recommendations too, I hope that you will add them to the conversation at coachingforleaders.com slash 183. And you can find, join the conversation there. And uh, one thing I would encourage you to check out is check out Zoom. If you haven't used it before, as Tim mentioned, uh, He has an affiliate link that we're including in the show notes that you can sign up for a free account and do meetings for up to 40 minutes. And even their paid uh, account uh, is very reasonable. At the time I'm recording this, it's 10 bucks a month, which is a lot less expensive than some of the other services out there. And the quality is just as good for most of the basic basic things that you're going to need if you're building relationships with people and having um, smaller meetings, unless you're doing webinars with thousands of people. Uh, you know, Zoom is just a wonderful, wonderful solution. So I'd encourage you to check it out. I uh, started with a free account a while back and have uh, gone on to recommend it to our entire Dale Carnegie office. And we've got the entire office on it now. So I hope you find that as a helpful resource as well too. And uh, speaking of resources, I hope that you will submit any questions you have for the next Q&A show. It's going to be episode number 187 on the topic of coaching. So send those questions in now. I've already got a couple, uh, even though it's uh, another month away. So now's the time to get in your question if you'd like it to be considered early. 
The best way to do that is to go to coachingforleaders.com slash feedback. And while you're online, join my weekly leadership guide. It's delivered to your inbox on Wednesdays and includes my recommendations and thoughts on articles, podcasts, videos, books that will support your development between shows. And it also includes an overview and link to the full weekly show notes. If you've just started listening recently, that's a a valuable resource for you because if you're listening on the go, I'll send all the notes to you on Wednesday. So all the things that Tim and I mentioned, for example, in today's show are in there. And when you join the weekly leadership guide, you will get immediate access to my reader's guide that lists the 10 leadership books that will help you get better results from others with summaries from me on each of those books. So download that 11-page guide and also a nine-minute video. And you can do that at coachingforleaders.com slash subscribe. And I mentioned on last week's episode that I'm not going to be reading the names of the folks who subscribe each week any longer, but that I would start featuring one member from the community each week. And I reached out to a few folks online this week who have been listeners that I've talked with uh, a lot. And uh, one of those folks is Steve Kane, and he was very kind to be uh, willing to record the very first member feature here. And so I'm going to turn it over to Steve to uh, introduce us to him. Hello, Dave. And thank you for the incredible Coaching for Leaders podcast. My name is Steve Kane, and I live in Brisbane, Queensland, Australia. I found the show when I was looking for podcasts on leadership and have been listening for about a year now and I found it incredibly helpful and I've been able to think as I'm driving to work listening of ways that I can utilize the material that I'm hearing in our organization. At the moment, um, the personal knowledge management system is something that I, I just wanted to um, say that I've implemented. It's been really good and I've also emailed David personally about it and he's able to help me on a couple of things and since then I've also been training others how to use it and develop a personal knowledge management system. It's fantastic because we do a lot of presentations and it means that when I need to find material, the material is there, it's already been captured, curated and all I need to do is create. So um, thank you very much. And we'll catch you next time. Steve, thank you so much for the note. It's great to have gotten to know you over the last year or so. And I so appreciate you mentioning uh, the personal knowledge management system as well. And for those of you who haven't heard that episode, it was one of the most popular episodes of 2014. In fact, I think we got more comments on that show than anything else we aired last year. And that is episode number 129. So if uh, you, like Steve and me and many of us, are looking for ways to help you to manage all the things that are coming at you as far as information, data, reading, knowledge, episode 129 is a fabulous resource for that. So uh, Steve, thanks for mentioning that. And thanks for being the first uh, community member feature as well. And also a big thank you this week to... Suchi, I think I'm saying that right, S-U-Z-C-H-I-1 in Switzerland. Thank you so much for the kind review of the show on iTunes on the Switzerland store. I think it's the first one we have from Switzerland. Thank you so much. I so appreciate it. If you'd like to post a review as well, it's a huge help to help grow the community. And if you use iTunes, just visit coachingforleaders.com slash iTunes and stitchers at coachingforleaders.com slash stitcher. And thanks in advance if you 
Either write a review about the show or do what so many of you have done, which is to pass along the show as a resource to others. I hope that uh, I have a chance to talk with you next week as well on Monday because next week's guest is going to be David Allen of Getting Things Done. So uh, some someone that both Tim Stringer and I have uh, spent a lot of time following his system. So join us next week for David Allen. Take care.